What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding BNG Podcast, episode 42. And this is an exciting episode. This is a super exciting episode, guys. So, guys, I know I've been gone a while. I know I didn't do a Giants recap. I mean, the season was lost at that point, um, and I know I haven't done an episode since our Eagles recap, but I hope you guys checked out our mini-vlog. I had an exciting time where I want a guest experience to sweep um, experience to a Washington football team game next year, and um, I actually did a recap of the Philadelphia Eagle game, which was our second-to-last game, but there's some super, super exciting news dropping um, that has been dropped um, regarding the Washington football team, some super exciting information, some super exciting nuggets regarding our offseason, but as I mentioned, this is a super exciting episode and there's a reason why I wanted to hold off until you know today to shoot this episode so I'm gonna give you a timestamp as I do for every episode so guys today is actually Friday January the 21st 2022 and the reason that this episode is so special so super special is because we are actually celebrating the one year anniversary over at Bleeding BNG Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Um, I appreciate all you guys' support over um, this first year. And, um, the impact that I've made throughout this first year is crazy. And just everything that's come with this podcast over the year, over these 365 days, I, I, I can't express enough gratitude over the relationships that I've made with my guys throughout the Washington football team community, but especially guys like Rio Robinson, Tay and Todd, um, Alex, my guys, um, people I met throughout the uh, fan bases, um, throughout the Throughout meeting everybody, throughout tailgates, the Hall Farmers, everybody that I met this season, throughout this podcast, people down Richmond, it's just been an amazing experience, something that I was hesitant on doing um, for a while. Um, I've actually been wanting to podcast for a while, and now that I've seen the success and the movement that we made in the first year, I'm like, wow, why haven't I done this sooner? And I feel like this is my calling. Uh, I really appreciate everything. Um, that has come from this podcast, and I'm really looking forward to everything that's coming in 2022. So like I said, guys, the one-year anniversary for the Bleeding BG podcast, I'm super excited. Um, didn't expect everything that came with this year, uh, but I'm grateful for everything that's coming from it. Um, I renewed my season tickets for the Washington football team, so I'm hoping to give you guys some more fire content throughout the season um, because I'm looking to have an amazing, amazing year, just like 2021. So thank you guys for the support. Um, thank you guys for that subscribe on our YouTube. If you're checking us out on YouTube now, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe. But, hey. We're back. We're back and we're better than ever. Um, so like I said, guys, we're going to be having some fire content throughout the offseason because, you know, this is the best time as a Washington football team fan um, throughout the season. You know, we get up for the season until, you know, the season is lost at some point. But the offseason is always the time when we make our big money splashes. Um, so I actually have something special planned for this episode today. So I wanted to go over the five things that must happen over the course of this offseason for the Washington football team to have a successful 2022 season. Um, so I just made a list of five things um, that I think are necessary and very important to happen over the course of this offseason. Starting now, honestly, starting now until, you know, we get the ball kicked off in September. Um, some things that I think can actually contribute to like a franchise change in movement. Um, because, you know, we, we need it at this point. Since our last episode, there's been an announcement that the name is going to be dropping on February 2nd. So I think that's about 12 days from now. So this is this is a very exciting time for Washington football team community. We're going to be we're going to be 
learning our new name, and we're not going to be the Washington football team anymore. So I'm going to be stop calling us that, and we're going to be your number one content hub for whatever we end up being on February 2nd, 2022, because, hey, it's our time. It's our time. We just celebrated our first anniversary. The name change, like, I see some promising aspects of the offseason, some promising prospects for the offseason, especially if, you know, they follow my blueprint over at Bleeding BNG for these five things that must be addressed. Um, and I see some promising things for Washington, whatever, the Washington whatever's at this point, whatever they're going to be uh, for the 2022 season. So let's get into this list. And I want you guys to tell me what you think about this list. Um, if you're on YouTube, remember to comment, like, and subscribe, but leave a comment. Let me know what you think about this list. And remember, you can check us out on all podcast platforms. So let's get into this list. It's the five things that have to happen. The five things that have to happen. So I'm going to actually go from five to one. Um, these are probably the uh, more least important things um, in order to the most important. Um, so at number five, I said that we need to re-sign kicker Joey Slap. And I think that this is a crucial move. I actually think that um, kicker Joey Slap is one of the most shining lights that came out of this season. You know, we went through kicker hell this offseason, or oh, this season, with Dustin Hawkins being as inconsistent as he was throughout preseason, throughout early season, and then us making a somewhat brash decision of cutting him early in the season when you know you should have brought competition with him in the camp and things like that. But then you cut him and then you don't have anybody to pick up. You pick up some garbage trash can off the street like Chris Blewett who can't kick a field goal higher than me. And if you can't believe it, go check out our mini block field goal contest winner over here. Uh, but honestly, Chris Blewett can't kick a field goal higher than me. Um, you resign, you sign him and he actually honestly think he may, may have lost you a game. A game that could have been crucial to the run in the end. Um, so when we brought in kicker Joey Slack, he came in and he was he was very nothing short of almost very short of almost perfect. He went 12 for 12 on field goals and he went 9 for 10 on extra points. And the one extra point, if you guys can recall, was a blocked extra point on the Monday night game against the Seattle Seahawks. So I mean, this dude balled out, and I think there was a lot of reasons to it. You know. Kickers, kickers, they're going to have their ebbs and flows. Even the greatest kickers have some inconsistencies, unless your name is Justin Tucker. Like, he's the only kicker I've known that to not have inconsistencies. Even Adam Vinatieri was a shell of himself later in his career and things like that. But I think that, you know, Joey Sly, he's from the area, and I think that he's really at home. And, you know, kicking is like playing, playing golf. You really have to be at ease at your mind and things like that. He's back with a familiar coaching staff with guys like Coach Rivera and guys that, you know, he's familiar with from Carolina. And he's back at home. He's a Virginia kid, and, you know, he's a local boy. And I feel like he, he just – he he, 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 he Took, he took the opportunity and, and, and ran with it. And I think that he's here to stay. And I want him to be here to stay. Honestly, this is the first time I felt in a long time very secure at the kicker position. And I found a new admiration for Joy Sly. Um, actually, at the Eagles game, when I actually won the field goal kicking um, competition, we were actually on the field. Um, Right before he uh, tipped that 55-yarder, um, going into half that he had made. If you guys can recall, he missed the kick before. And I just saw how pissed he was. I was actually standing on the field. I was about 20 yards. Uh, I was on the sideline, but I was, like, on line with him, parallel to him. So, my, you know, I could see his emotions and everything like that, his mannerisms. He was so disgusted with himself. And he came back um, after, they, you know, they called a timeout so the kick didn't stand. The miss didn't stand. And, you know, he came back and drilled the kick. Like, it's cool, calm, and under pressure. And I, it, it was beautiful to see. And I just called a new admiration for him just in that slimmer of a moment because, you know, kicking is hard. No matter how much, we, how much hell we give kickers and things like that, how much 
wherewithal we give kickers and things like that. It's very hard to play kicker, uh, to be a kicker in the NFL. Trust me, I know. Um, my heart was beating through my chest for a five-yard kick from the five-yard line. So, I mean, I, I understand it. So, I'm number five on our list. Shout out to my you guy, Joey Sly. I, we need to make sure that we bring in Joey Sly. He's a Washington team member um, in the 2022 season. On to number four. I believe that we should restructure Landon, Landon College contract and bring him back. Um, if you guys can recall, Landon was brought in to be like an impact safety, you know, a ball hog safety, a turnover pro safety, somebody's playing center field. You know, like a, he was brought in to be like an Ed Reed or Earl Thomas type, which he, he wasn't. You know, he had an amazing, an amazing 2016 season coming off a deep defensive player of the year. But the two years prior to him playing in Washington, he struggled. I mean, the one year prior to him playing in Washington, he struggled. He struggled to say the least, um, uh, and he showed signs of regression from you know that defensive player of the year almost nominee um, year uh, that he had in 2016. So we brought him in on a downward trend, and while I don't think he was bad in his first year, he struggled in his second year, and then he came in with, and then he suffered a lower body injury last year. Um, he suffered a lower body injury last year, and that's you know crucial. Um, to a DB, you know, DB, you know, they use their feet more than any other position in the NFL. Um, these guys are constantly moving backwards and trying to check some of the fastest human beings in the world running forwards. And, you know, I thought it was going to be a detriment to landing, but coming into Richmond, you know, we, we followed the team in Richmond. We were over there giving you guys live coverage. He looked very good in Richmond. And it was a surprise to a lot of people, even me. He looked very good in the preseason, but it was a surprise um, when he struggled in the, um, in the, in the um, early part of the year, but it wasn't necessarily a surprise to us because, or to me at least, because I believe that he was playing in the wrong position all along. Like even when Landon excelled, when he when he had you know the best his top end speed that he brought into the NFL, when he had the freshest legs going into his second season, the 2016 season, I keep regarding, he wasn't known to be the fastest of safeties ever. Ever, but he was an impact player coming downhill that'll lay a lick on you that had good instincts in the box. And you know, that's where he that's where his money was made, that's where his bread was buttered. And I I I I, I question week in and week out in FedEx Field in section 139. Shout out to my family. Why why do we consistently play him 20 yards back? Like he like he's Justin Simmons or Mika Fitzpatrick or something, like he has sideline to sideline range. And you saw that when, you know, we finally had, you know, some injuries to linebacker and he was finally forced to play, you know, downhill in the box. He became an impact player, honestly. I know we give him as much hell for how much he struggled getting burnt over the top playing the defense, the deep end safety role. But he was just as effective when he got moved into that role, like into that in interior box role, that quasi linebacker, hybrid linebacker safety role. But don't call him a linebacker. You know, he, his feelings gets hurt about that. Make sure we don't call him a linebacker. So, you know, that hybrid safety, nickel safety role, buffalo nickel, whatever Ron wants to call it. Um, he was an impact player at that role. I think in some of the games he had against the, the Denver Broncos, he had an amazing game against the Denver Broncos. Um, just that stretch he had against, like, the, the Packers, that, that five-game stretch where he was an impact, the game he had against the, the, the Seattle Seahawks with the strip pop fumble, like, he was an impact player. Like you can't, you can't. There's no way to slice it. And if you want to put him in the linebacker group, he was easily our best linebacker this season. If only, if only he played five games. I don't at that position. Like I really don't care. He was our most effective linebacker, no matter how how you want to slice it. Now, if you want to talk safety and DB, we can have a conversation. He wasn't that, but he was our most effective linebacker. 
and then talk about this contract situation while he doesn't have any money guaranteed from here on at a $17.2 million annual salary. He does have a 7.6% hit to the cap. And I don't necessarily think that that's ideal coming into the 2022 season, especially at the role that he's playing. Um, while I do believe that he's an impact player, those type of players, um, especially, you know, second level players, um, they're, they're not paid around that range. Even, you know, your most impactful linebackers um, aren't paid around, what, $17 million a year. Even when you think about the guys like Darius Leonard and things like that, they're not making that much money right now. Um, but I believe that if we can bring him a restructure, where we can bring him around like $12 million a year. We can shave off about $5 million to that cap and maybe restructure him for a couple of years. Because he just turned 28 right after the season. And, you know, he's somebody that seemed like he's been in the league forever. But, like I said, he just turned 28. So, I mean, he's on the right side of 30. And as as I said, he did he did he balled out when he when he moved into the second level. We we can't we can't deny it. We can't deny it. No matter how much hell we wanted to give him when he was playing the safety position. But yeah, like I, that's the that's that's what I think we should do going into the 2022 season. And that's number four on my list. I believe that we should re-land uh, restructure Landon Con Collins' contract. Excuse me. I think with that we should restructure Landon Collins' contract. Excuse me. Moving on to number three on this list. I think that this guy, this guy, and you guys know that I I don't think anybody has given more hell to him to, than me this season. To him than me this season. But I, I honestly think that Chase Young must regain his form from 2020 and build upon that to be an even more dominant presence. I don't even think that Chase Young played with the confidence um, that he did going into, 2000, going into this 2021 season that he had in his rookie year, even prior to his injury. Granted, I do, I do hope that he has, you know, 100% fully healthy recovery coming from that torn ACL. Um, but I believe, I, I really want him to be the generational talent that we we thought that we were drafting in the 2020 season. And the thing that's starting to bother me and that I'm seeing amongst the Washington football team fans and the Washington football team community, and even like the Washington football team front office, you know, personnel, staff, and things like that. Is I believe that we're going to move the goalposts for Chase, right? And and I say this because, like I said, he was brought in to be a generational talent. But now I'm starting to see, like, well, if he can just if we can just reach double digit sacks, that can be enough. No, I don't want to hear that. That's not what we were bringing in as the number two pick, the local boy coming out of Demathe. We were bringing in somebody that was compared to Julius Peppers. I believe that Julius Peppers is going to have a gold jacket one day. So, I mean, 10 sacks was a down year for Julius Peppers at one point. This is a guy that was compared to even more dominant players. He was compared to everybody. Everybody. Are, are we forgetting this? Are we forgetting this? And I don't want to harp on it, but, like, I was trying to ease up on Chase, but when he has comments like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go out to, go to OTAs this offseason, we have to have a plan. Even when Coach Rivera declared that he wants to see him there, like, that, that makes me even more frustrated, and it's starting to, like, like, I believe that, like, Chase is coming off as a guy that was spoiled and had everything handed to him. And I would hate to give him that tag, honestly. But that, I, I call it like I see it. You know, we call it like we see it over at Bleeding B&G. But it was, it, 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 it was bothersome to hear. Like, it was worrisome to hear because you would have thought after all the flack, you know, he got after this offseason, coming in not producing Mr. One and a Half Sacks. After, you know, you shoot eBay commercials that nobody remembers. I don't think I've ever seen that eBay commercial he shot. Let me know in the comments if you guys have ever seen that eBay commercial Chase Young shot. I think it was about watches. Yeah, I, I think I might have saw it like once. Let me know if you've seen it more than three times. 
Let me know if you've seen it more than three times. And while I said, but like I said, don't don't I, I'm don't think that I'm knocking a guy for trying to go get the bag. Da 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 da. What he said? What did he say in his press conference? Got to go make that money, baby. And I I get it. You know, he he tore his ACL in in the next week. I don't know if that was common. I would hate for it to be so, but like. I'm a big believer and you got to keep the main thing the main thing. And you were drafted to be the elite pass rusher that we brought you in to be. And you never really showed glimpses of that this season. And the reason that I say that this believes to happen in the offseason is because, like, bro, you need to get your mind right. I already brought up the OTAs. You need to be at OTAs. And, like, all this can, all this retooling and, you know, getting your confidence back. Because, like I said, I don't even believe he played with the same confidence. I don't believe I don't remember seeing a pass rush move from Chase Young other than the swipe swipe other than the, the swipe swipe like I don't I don't remember seeing any other different pass rush move. So like what were you working on in the offseason? Shooting eBay commercials and Under Armors? Under Armour commercials? You was a beast picking up that, that sled with no blocking sled on it. You was a beast picking up that empty blocking sled in the Under Armour commercial chase. But I, I, I just hope that you regain your form. I, 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 I was your biggest fan, Chase. I was your biggest fan, but we just call it like we see it. I have a 99 jersey, bro. I have a number 99 jersey, and everybody thinks, oh, why are you, why are you talking to Because I know football. And I know that man didn't have a pass rush plan going into his season at all. And he was just out there. When I saw Chase Young headbutt on the pass rush, that's when I knew it, it was, it was, it was going to be rough this season. That's when I knew it was going to be rough this season. It's go to move one time. I lied to you not. I told you we see everything from section one thirty nine. We got them good seats. We got them good seats. I lied to you not. I believe it was against the Giants, and I believe it was against Andrew Thomas. His go to move on one pass rush was a headbutt, and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. This man was this man was doing nothing this off season. And like I said, I believe it can happen in the off season because we forget like the tutelage that Chase comes from. Even just simply going to Ohio State. Larry Johnson is believed to be the best defensive line coach in football, regardless of foot NFL, professional, college, whatever, whatever. All the dominant pass rushers that come out of Ohio State always go back to Larry Johnson. And then scratch Larry Johnson. Go go hang out with the Bosa brothers, bro. Go hang out with the guys that you were compared to going into the season, bro, or going into the draft. Those guys. Because both of those guys are dominant pass rushers. I'm seeing Nick Bosa impact playoff games in limited time. I'm seeing Nick Bosa have a 15-sack season coming off a torn ACL. I will hope that will be your prospects, man. I will hope that will be your prospects. Because they got, they, got, they got pass rush moves coming out the boo Coming out the boo You, on the other hand, and what did everybody say coming out? They said that. They said that they has was better than yours, but you were supposed to be this athletic freak. This predator. I really hope that Chase Young regains form in the 2022 season, and I believe that it starts in the offseason. Moving on to number two. So we really get into the nitty-gritty of this list. We really get into the nitty-gritty of this list. I believe that we should re-sign Terry McCoy in this offseason to like a franchise deal. To like a franchise deal. Give him all the years. Give him as many years as he wants. I think the NFLPA caps it as four years nowadays. Um, I think so. Um, don't don't quote me on that. Maybe five. Um, but you know he's in the last year of his rookie there deal. He's in the last year of his rookie deal. Excuse me. And this is somebody that has a consecutive one thousand yard season playing with garbage. 
playing with guys at the quarterback position that's less talented than me. Of course, that's high power, high power really. I don't want to hear nobody go, oh, Taylor Heineke, oh, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. Taylor Heineke is garbage. I wish I could pan over to the right because Taylor Heineke was on that for a reason. That's a couch. That's a couch. He had a couple of decent games, but like Mr. Wet Noodle, like Mr. Wet Noodle arm himself. I, and I'm not even going to hop on Taylor Heineke, but Terry was doing this with Dwayne Askins. Yes, I said his name right. Dwayne's Askins. Um, Peg League, Alex Smith, you know, Case Kingdom, who, who can't be out one arm, Baker Mayfield. Like, Terry McCoy, you're a stud, bro. I say this all the time. Terry McLaurin is a stud. And if you don't believe me, go look at the production from Terry McLaurin from the first half of the season and look at how far it tailed off at the back half of the season. And don't, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not only the quarterback play. We don't really have weapons around him either. You know, the wide receiver, too, that we signed, you know, I believe he had, what, five, four catches on the season? He had way more missed games than catches on the season. So hopefully he can, you know, come back and be, you know, an impact player that, you know, we brought him in to be. But, you know, it's just, it's sad. It's, it's really sad. It's really sad. But hopefully, you know, Terry wants to sign with us. Because at this point, he's playing in a poverty organization. And, like, my guy Rio has always said this. And I've always been like, nah, Rio, be quiet, bro. Be quiet. But he's like, Terry's good, too good for this organization. And I'm starting to believe it. But guess what? Ain't nobody going to say no to the back. So you need to get on it early before he gets too deep into his, you know, end of his last year of his rookie deal, before he blows up this season when you finally get him a... Let me stop because that's number one on the list. Before he blows up this season. <laughs> but you got to re-sign Terry McCorn. He's going to be a foundational piece, a staple of this organization. I've heard he's going to be a big part of the name reveal, so it's all signs pointing to him being resigned and being in Washington for a long time, and that's music to my ears. This is the best player you guys had in a long time, and he should have made a couple Pro Bowls if you get this guy a goddamn quarterback. He's that good. He's that good. And I'm hearing all this talk about Debo Sammy, and I, and I, and I, and I get it. And I get it. I'm hearing all this talk about A.J. Brown. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown. Both dogs. Both dogs. Both drafted in the same year. Both have less career receiving yards than Terry McLaurin. Who has played with trash. Who has played with all the trash that I just mentioned. Give this man his money. Give him all the years and give him all the monies. It's, it's as simple as that at this point. I don't really know what else to say. And you better not try lowball. Or oh, I'm coming up Ashburn with the pitchforks and the knives. Because guess what? I got a 17 jersey too. And he's made me look good. 99? I don't know. <laughs> and moving on to number one on this list. You should know what it is by now. Everybody should know what it is by now. We need to find our goddamn franchise quarterback. 
We need to find our franchise quarterback that's going to be our pillar of our organization, that's going to give us elite quarterback play, that's going to be a leader, and that's going to cover up any any holes that we have on the roster. Because guess what? That's what elite quarterback play does in 2022 in the NFL. And you want to know how I know? You want to know how I can prove it to you? Look at six of the eight teams that are last that are still alive in the playoffs. Josh Allen, Buffalo, elite quarterback. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, elite quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, elite quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, elite quarterback. Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, GOAT. Matthew Stafford, Rams, damn good quarterback. Damn good quarterback. Quarterback play matters. I don't want to hear about building around no goddamn D-line anymore. A D-line is not producing for you. A D-line is over there fighting on the sidelines. A D-line don't really like each other for real. And I ain't even talking about just the fight. Why are y'all talking about D this D-line was worried about taking sacks from each other earlier in the season? Or did we forget about that too? But let's just go talk, talk about this quarterback. Let's just talk about this quarterback. You got to find yourself a franchise quarterback, bro. And they're there to be had. They are there to be had. Whether it be a big-name free agent or through trade like Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. If you guys can't hear me, goddamn Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm starting to see a lot of you guys Really buying into that idea of Jimmy Garoppolo? No. Cut it out. Cut it out. If you're going to shoot, aim for the move. Because even if you miss, at least you'll still be among the stars. Bars. Bars. If we're going to go ahead and acquire a quarterback through trade, or through, through trade, I needed to be Wilson, Watson, or Rodgers. Derek Carr is cool, but he ain't them. Derek Carr is cool. But he ain't dumb. I'll take Derek Carr. He's 27 times better than Taylor Heineke, but he ain't dumb. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Deshaun Watson. And he's damn sure not Aaron Rodgers. And I'm giving up the I'm I'm giving up whatever you need. I'm giving up whatever you need. But honestly, let me give you a breakdown. Because you know we're over here all about in-depth in-depth breakdowns over here at Bleeding BNG. Um, out of those three, the guys that I'm honestly going to give the, the give up the farm for is Deshaun Watson. Is Deshaun Watson? Well, I think Aaron Rodgers is still the best quarterback on that list. Deshaun Watson has the most promising future, and he's not far behind any of those guys. Now I know about the lawsuits. I know about the civil suits. I know about the allegations, and I don't want to undermine them by any means. But in my scenario, you know, we've talked to their legal team. Deshaun still doesn't want to be in Houston. And, you know, we, we're going to give up the resources that it takes to get him. Just yesterday, Mike Silver wrote an article dropping hints about all these guys that I just named and said that everybody in the organization is, is, is ready to know, and they know to make the move that the status quo is not acceptable anymore. That's telling you we're getting a goddamn quarterback. That's telling you you're getting a goddamn quarterback. And I'm excited. 
And I'm super excited. And let let me let me go into this goddamn season. Let me go into this 2022 season with a goddamn Marcus Mariota or a Mitch Trubisky. And them season tickets that just renewed on. Oh, oh, just check them out on the aftermarket. I'm running them up. And you talking about all these opposing fans going to the stadium? I'm making sure they're going into it an opposing fan. Because you're doing me dirty and you're showing me that you don't care anymore if you can come into the 2022 season with a goddamn Mr. Trubisky or Marcus Mariota. I told you the three guys to get. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or Aaron Rodgers. It ain't no ifs, ands, or buts if you're acquiring them through trades. Like I told you, I'm giving up the farm for Deshaun Watson. I would have had to talk to his legal team. But a trade package revolving around Deshaun Watson may look like, you know, I'm giving up three firsts. I'm giving up three firsts, you know, number 11 this year, that first next year, that first eight year after that, you know. I'm giving up a second maybe next year, and I'm giving up a third in 2024. Along with Deron Payne, if, if that has to get the deal done. If that has to get the deal done. You, you telling me with that package we're not a better team? And you know why I don't care about them picks? Because if we're as good as I believe we can be with Deshaun Watson, the picks are going to be in at least the 20s. And they're not making up that value getting with that impact quarterback. That 26-year-old stud. And like I said, I don't want to undermine the allegations. I don't. I don't. Shout out to everybody. I'm with the Me Too movement. Shout out with everybody. But right now, they're just allegations. And in my scenario, I would have talked to that legal team. And, you know, I would have had to have gotten a promising prospect from that legal team or his future regarding all these cases. Because I think at this moment, all 22 are still in civil court. And all 22 are allegations. If I'm, if I'm mistaken, please let me know. I'm also willing to give a little something up for Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers as well, though. I'm going to rule Aaron Rodgers out, though, because I honestly don't think he's coming to Washington. Even if he doesn't stay in Green Bay, him and Devontae Adams, they're going to go as a package deal somewhere. Maybe Denver, but I honestly don't think it's Washington. But Russell Wilson is a real possibility. Virginia boy, I honestly don't think he wants to be in Seattle anymore. While Washington wasn't named in that initial list of his trade options um, last year, I don't think that he, he'll he turn his nose to the Washington media market with Sierra. Not saying this is the biggest media market in the world, but it's not too shabby. It's not too shabby. And Russell Wilson could honestly be a perfect guy to start a rebrand with. You know, with a new name, perfect persona, never done a bad thing, not a negative press clipping ever. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at Russell Wilson either. But I'm not giving up as much as I am for Deshaun Watson simply because of the age. Simply because of the age. A package revolving around Russell Wilson, I may give up, you know, two firsts, two seconds. Deron Payne. Sorry, Deron. Sorry, Deron. But I mean... I don't mean to keep throwing you in these trades, but we can't pay all of this. 
and you out here punching the dude that we already gave a bag, a pro bowler, like you might you might be on the outs, my guy. And another way that we can acquire our quarterback of the future, our franchise quarterback, is through the draft with guys like Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis out of Liberty, Matt Corral out of Ole Miss, and Sam Howell. You know us over at Bleeding B&G, we've been on the Kenny Pickett as QB1 train since September. And we may turn out to be right because that's the way it's trending. But, you know, we're first over here on a lot of things over at Bleeding B&G. But... The guy I'm falling in love with is Malik Willis, guys. I'm really falling in love with Malik Willis. You know, he was really high on the draft boards going into the season. And, you know, he had a shaky season, to be completely honest. He had a very shaky season. Um, but we always, we always, we have to give context with everything. I'm a big believer in giving everything context. And, you know, he doesn't play with any NFL talent. You know, he was sacked 51 times and his O-line is garbage. Some of his O-linemen are barely bigger than me. I'm like... 200 pounds even. He got sacked in a highly built matchup against Macarrell nine times. How can you evaluate that? But this is a guy with a rocket of an arm, 6'1", 205 pounds. He's been under the QB quarterback tutelage, QB coaching quarterback tutelage of Quincy Avery, a guy who's coached guys like Deshaun Watson. And Quincy Avery been quoted as saying Malik has the best arm talent by far and the strongest arm. He's a dynamic runner, the most electro, the most electric runner at the quarterback position in the draft. I believe that his mental processing can be faster, but I also think that the quarterback ones can he pick his mental process can be faster as well. I like Sam Howell a little bit, but I'm really, really falling enamored with Malik Willis. And not to bring race into anything, but if we're being honest, we know Dan loves his black quarterbacks. We know Dan loves his black, we know Mr. Snyder loves his black quarterbacks. So if you're not making a smash one of these free agent names, you know you love to bring in a fresh black quarterback. Let's be honest. Jason Campbell, RG3. Kicking down the door in the draft room to draft Dwayne Askins. I'm just saying. Malik Willis might be that guy. So that's number one on our list, guys, is we got to find that QB1. So let me know how you guys feel about my list. Um, I just went over the five things that must happen in the offseason for us to have an amazing 2022. Number five was we must re-sign Joey Slap. Number four was we must restructure Landon Collins' contract. Number three is Chase Young must find himself and regain his form and build upon his 2020 rookie season. Number two is we must re-sign Terry McLaurin to a lifetime deal. And number one, the most important thing, we got to find our franchise quarterback. So let me, got, let me know how you guys feel about our list. Like I said before, if you guys are checking us out on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you guys for rocking with me for one year. Our first year is in the books. I can't believe it. It's been a hell of a year. Thank you guys for your support. Remember, you can check us out on all podcast platforms. If you haven't yet, be sure to check us out on our social media pages. Our Instagram page is at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G, B-N-G. Our Twitter handle is spelled a tad bit different. 
That one is B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So there's only one G in our Twitter handle. Be sure to check us out on YouTube. Check us out on all podcast platforms. Check us out on our social media pages, daily updates, like you've been doing for the last year. We come with more pressure, more fire, more content this year. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Beating BNG podcast, and I'll check you guys out on the flip side. Peace.